Welcome to this talk about the five elements and the Tibetan teachings on the wisdom they contain. The elements are earth, water, fire, air, and space. And when they're in balance in our body, energy, and mind, we can live happier, healthier lives. If you'd like more free resources on the elements, please find the link in the info box below to get teachings on all five elements organized into an email series. Plus, you'll be notified of future live teachings. This talk was recorded live on Insight Timer and only lightly edited, so you'll hear me respond to questions and comments. You'll find links below to the resources that I mention in the talk. I hope you enjoy learning about the elements and how to balance them for a more satisfying life. In the Tibetan tradition, when we talk about the elements, I think feel free to take them as metaphorically as makes sense to you. They were traditionally taken very literally, um, but I think for those of us who have grown up with science, when you talk about the elements of physical existence, I'm thinking of like carbon and nitrogen and helium and stuff like that instead. Um, so that's kind of just a general introduction and um, I guess like a disclaimer that I wanted to share first. So I want to come back now to something that I just mentioned and passed over. You know, that the elements are connected with our body, our energy, and our mind. So in a Tibetan perspective, those are the three elements of like what make up a person. If you're used to the Western view of a person, it's different. Even with like mind-body medicine, which recognizes the mind and its impact on the body, there's still that missing um, sort of connecting piece of the puzzle, which is our energy system. So I think these elements are really helpful in working with your energy, noticing your energy, and then figuring out things you can do in daily life to kind of help balance things out and keep yourself in harmony. So having said that, I want to talk about the earth element in particular. And the earth element, I just, I just want to say, according to Tibetan medicine, um, there's what's called like a lung disorder. The lung is the air element. It's about change, busyness, doing things. And a lot of Tibetan, traditionally trained Tibetan doctors will say that basically like all of us living a Western lifestyle, like whatever country you grew up in, um, whatever language you speak, if you're living a sort of Western-like lifestyle where it's like busy, there's work, there's a lot of stuff to do. Basically, they think of pretty much all of us as having an air imbalance because that's so emphasized in our culture. And earth is a really great element to kind of cultivate to like counterbalance that air tendency. So I think a lot of us living in the West can really benefit from cultivating that earth element. So what is the earth element? So obviously, this is one of the things I really appreciate appreciate about these element teachings, like they're very intuitive. You know, if you think about the earth, some traditional symbols of the earth element are mountains or like big stones, or just even, you know, the, the beach, like something very tangible, stable, solid, sturdy. If you have a, a solid stone, you know, foundation, you can build a house on that and it's not just gonna fall down. At least that's what the biblical story says, building your house on stone instead of sand. So the earth element in its proper balance is all about stability. And it's also connected with like the wisdom of equanimity. So again, a balanced 
earth energy in our lives helps us to feel stable and grounded. Like you can start a project and continue on that project or when you sit down to meditate, your mind's not just like racing all over the place. Um, and again, I think that's super, super common among those of us living like a fast paced lifestyle. So I don't wanna say if your elements are imbalanced, it's your fault, you should be doing things differently. Like, no, the elements really are about the world around us and our connection to it. And, you know, in any culture, there's gonna be certain imbalances in that culture. So learning about the elements can really help to notice what's going on, um, to notice the imbalances around you and to try to, 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 to rebalance for yourself. So, I mentioned that the earth element is stable, it's grounding, it helps you kind of stay on track. Um, <clears throat> in the body, the, that earth element is connected with the bones. And I would also say like the cartilage, anything solid, you know, stable, sturdy, um, hard, inflexible in your body, that's related to the earth element. And I don't think we as modern people, for me, the greater benefit of these teachings on the elements is how they relate to the energy system and the mind. So I'm gonna spend more time on that, but if you're interested in these correspondences in the physical body, there's a lot um, in traditional Tibetan medicine that is specifically about that. So you might, you know, just Google Tibetan medicine and, and see what happens. Um, that's not my area of expertise, so I don't really want to speak to it. <clears throat> so before I talk about the energy and the mind and how they relate to the earth element, I also just want to point out that those positive qualities I talked about in the beginning of the earth element, stability, groundedness, and, and really with equanimity, there's like the ability to hear all sides of something without passing judgment. And, and that non-judgment, that equanimity aspect is really important for like mindfulness practice or just meditation generally or you know your life <laughs> being less reactive to external circumstances so when we start talking about the energy and the mind the imbalanced aspect of the earth element if you have too much of it you might become really rigid you know not willing to try new things not willing to shift your patterns around um, just like set in your ways. You're, you're a big boulder and nobody's gonna move you. So that's too much earth element. Um, in your meditation, too much earth element might look like falling asleep, being dull, being heavy, um, not really having like the quickness of mind to notice what's going on. So that's, that's an imbalance toward the side of too much earth. And I mentioned a little bit earlier, but I, I wanna mention a bit more now, that too little earth element can bring about constantly kind of running after the next thing, um, maybe starting something and not finishing it. Definitely too little earth element is associated with just the mind kind of bouncing all over the place and the energy also being unsettled, unstable. So, and for those of you who are just joining, I mentioned earlier, that um, in general, Tibetan trained doctors, doctors trained in Tibetan medicine, they think most of us in a Western context have what's called a lung or air, um, 
like overactive <laughs> disease where we have too much air element. And air, in a way, it's like the opposite of Earth because air is about movement. It's about what's new. It's about doing things quickly, getting stuff done. That's, that's like a balanced air element um, quality. When air gets out of control, it can be, we bounce from one thing to the next too easily. Um, honestly, you know, I mentioned that our society tends to have a real excess of air. I think, you know, folks who have attention issues, ADD, I mean, it's that kind of difficulty of, of staying on task, but just amplified because there's like a neurological correlate that goes with it. So I think this is something that like almost all of us in the society have to deal with how not to just bounce all over the place. Um, <clears throat> so I wanna just spend a minute and contemplate together or think through, what does this earth element mean for my energy? And to me, I often find that um, my if there's a lot on my to-do list, and I have like 13 things, big projects I want to get done today. They're not all going to get done. I have this sense of trying to like speed up and get everything done. And the, my energy just kind of gets like, mm, you know, um, I'm not sure how to put a word to that. Just uh, buzzy and anxious. And for me, bringing some more of that earth element into my body system, like doing a guided meditation track on the earth element here on the insight timer or sinking your attention down into your lower chakras like the root chakra or the sacral chakra for me my energy system really can kind of calm down and settle when i do that um <laughs> dave says understood same feeling when i look at my email stack yes oh my god that inbox <clears throat> so just a couple of other things that are recommended in traditional tibetan teachings <clears throat> on kind of balancing out your energy using the earth element is um, if you're feeling too like sluggish and like heavy, they talk about that in terms of an excess of earth. So if you're feeling too sluggish, you can breathe quickly, get some more air in your system. Um, air and fire are generally kind of considered to be the antidotes to, or the counterbalances to that sense of like sluggishness. So moving around, it's kind of an air element thing to do, can help to break you out of that physical sense of like heaviness, not wanting to move. Um, <clears throat> one of the things that's really interesting to me is that, um, and, and this is an instruction that I've received from one of my teachers. It's also in this amazing book, Healing with Form, Energy and Light by Denzel Wangil Rinpoche, um, that I'm using to kind of refresh myself on the elements for this series. So one of the things he mentions is um, if you're, if you need more earth sort of energy in your energy system, you can eat heavier foods. Uh, you can kind of use the food that you eat to like regulate your energy. So to increase your earth, the earthiness of your energy, you can eat heavier foods or eat more of them. Um, get more sleep, you know, so a lot of the, um, the, the issues that we tend to have in our society, you know, if we're not getting enough sleep, if we're not getting enough movement, like it's just very easy to get out of balance 
with any of the elements, but in this case with the earth element. Um, but the good news is you can also use these lifestyle factors to kind of, kind of counterbalance those deficiencies or those excesses. So I would just challenge you over this next week until our, our next, you know, talk about um, the elements, I would challenge you to just notice how you're relating to the earth element. Um, so I talked a little bit about the body's energy system and how to, how to balance out if you're getting too heavy or if you don't have enough earth and you're a little too like, nah, wired, um, some ways you can balance that out. I also just want to recommend for anybody who's interested, if you want to do a deeper dive, um, this book is great. I also learned um, about the elements from retreats that my teachers have done at Dawn Mountain. And um, they're actually offering another elements retreat next month. So if you're interested um, in learning more about the elements, they're having a retreat. I don't remember the dates, but uh, you can go to dawnmountain.org. I just put the their um, web address in chat. Um, you can go there and find the information. Oh yeah, uh, to register for that retreat. The name of the book is Healing with Form, Energy, and Light. It's by Tenzin Wang Giao Rinpoche. And I do want to let you know too, I just set up before I... Um, started this live stream, I set up um, a little sign up form so that if you want to get notified of when I'm doing these live sessions, but also I'm recording this talk right now. So I'm going to upload it to my podcast so you can listen again, or if you missed the beginning of it, you can catch that. I'm also going to put it on my YouTube channel. So if you want to get notified of those things too, um, you can just sign up for this email list. I'm, I'm not going to like spam you or anything. Um, but if you go to my Insight Timer profile page, there's a link to a, a web page. And on that web page, you'll find the, the sign up form um, to sign up to be notified of future, you know, five elements talks. And um, I'm kind of thinking about maybe putting together a little short course or short guide. Um, so, you know, adding in some like meditations and a little, you know, downloadable journal or something. So. If you're interested in that stuff, um, please get on that list and you can, uh, once I get finished with this series and I have all the teachings, then I'll kind of decide what to do with it and you can give me feedback then about what you'd like. Uh, Cat Blue Autism Awareness, you're most welcome. Um, so getting back to the earth element, I was just talking about the, uh, the energy and the way you can work with the earth element in your energy system. But I mean, we're all meditators here on Insight Timer and I wanna spend some time talking about the earth element in your meditation practice. So first of all, the earth element is related to like all levels of practice from beginner to like really advanced. And you'll find in this book, um, Healing with Form, Energy and Light, you'll find like, some short introductions to deeper levels of practice that you can do with this. I'm going to keep my comments to um, how a beginner can use the earth element. You don't have to have an initiation or a special permission or anything. This is just stuff that anyone can do. So first of all, um, I want to confess that I feel like the earth element is possibly like 
the hardest thing for me in my meditation practice. And Denzel um, Wongel Rinpoche in this book mentions that for people who are, hi UB, welcome, welcome. You have missed kind of a lot, um, but I was just saying that I will post this on my, on my podcast, uh, Buddhist Wisdom Modern Life later today so you can you can catch up on it um <clears throat> so right so when it comes to meditation i find i i am often like deficient in the earth element my mind bounces around a lot i think i have a lot of air going on in my mind so it's very like active um but what the earth element is really helpful for is to kind of ground you again. If you think about it, you know, your mind can go anywhere. So your body, compared to your mind, your body like is the earth element. It's stable, it's in one place, it's not moving, and it's a great resource to come back to when you need those qualities. Uh, the other thing that I wanna say about that is I often will um, start a meditation session with imagining a plumb line dropping down from the base of my spine and connecting with the earth. I, I hear other um, instructors on Insight Timer do that too in their guided meditations, and that's a great way to connect with the earth energy. So if you are starting a meditation practice, really for me, like I would recommend, you know, it, for me anyway, this is really, really helpful. Starting with more of that grounding even if it's first thing in the morning, usually my mind is kind of active. And if I start with that like heaviness, that earth element, really trying to hold my focus in place, then it's easier to relax afterwards, let my mind be a little bit more loose and feel the spaciousness or cultivate a particular quality. So using that earth energy to start your meditation practice can be really helpful. Um, so again, if you, if it works for you to have that sense of a connection to the actual earth, then what you can do is imagine light flowing back up from the earth. I like to imagine like a golden, rich color of light flowing up from the earth and just kind of filling up my body. And there's something about that earth energy that helps me relax. It's like, I don't have to keep holding everything together. I don't have to make so much effort. The earth, I mean, if you look at a mountain, it's just there, it's just stable, it's solid, and it's just resting. And it's that quality of solidity and resting and just not being swayed by every little breeze that, that goes by. To me, that's what's really beneficial about the earth element in meditation practice. So, Again, if it works for you to imagine connecting to the earth and, and allowing that energy of the earth to kind of suffuse you, that's great. Um, some people are not visualizers. So in that case, you can find tracks here on Insight Timer um, that are earth element meditations. You, there's also um, symbols in the Hindu traditions, the traditions of India that are related to those lower chakras. So, you know, you can do a root chakra meditation and it helps kind of ground you, bring that energy down deep into the body. So that's one way of using it. Um, 
The other thing that Denzel Wangyal Rinpoche mentions in this book, Healing with Form, Energy, and Light, for those who are just joining, um, he talks about the connection between the earth element and calm abiding meditation or shamatha meditation. And I find, well, for those, for those who are not familiar with calm abiding meditation, it's the ability to rest the mind on one object, to let the mind settle, to let the focus really become clear and powerful. And then you can use that focused mind to, for instance, investigate impermanence or cultivate compassion or do any of these things that you're going to do in the Buddhist path and in basically every other contemplative path, just bringing that earth element into your practice to begin with is a great way to start. Oh, thank you so much, Cassandra, for your donation. I appreciate that. So if your calm abiding meditation is not very strong, then you can you can enhance that you can spend more time practicing that calm abiding meditation and that will enhance the earth quality of your meditation just make it easier to settle onto an object honestly meditation is just less it feels like less effort if there's that that earth sense that you're just settling into the natural state of your mind The other thing that I want to say, <clears throat> excuse me, the other thing that I want to say about the earth element and meditation for those of us who are beginners is equanimity. So I already mentioned that the earth element is connected with this quality of equanimity. <clears throat> excuse me. And part of the reason for that is that the earth is just, it's vast, it's deep, it's, it's the ground on which everything stands. Like Nelson Mandela stood on that ground, Gandhi stood on that ground, the Dalai Lama stands on that ground, Hitler stood on that ground, Mussolini, I mean, everyone finds a home on the earth. And I think, again, for those of us living these like fast-paced, busy modern lives where it's almost unavoidable that you're getting bombarded all day long with these images of how you could be younger or sexier or just shinier in general, it's hard to have equanimity toward yourself. <clears throat> it's hard to feel like, I'm enough. I'm okay. I don't need all these other, you know, shiny, amazing extras that the world wants to sell me. So cultivating equanimity is really helpful for your meditation and honestly just for happiness in daily life. Um, and for those who are not familiar with equanimity, it's one of the four boundless states that you cultivate in Buddhism. And basically the definition of equanimity from, from the tradition that I'm trained in, the Nyingma school of Tibetan Buddhism, what you're really trying to do with equanimity is to engage, to engage evenly with everything, with the pleasant in life, with the unpleasant, with people you think are out to get you, people who love you. It, it doesn't mean like throwing away all of our wise discrimination. If someone at work is out to get you and to try and, you know, take all the credit for your good ideas, you don't have to just let them. But the equanimity factor 
is about not not having that immediate unskillful knee-jerk reaction ah you know being able to stay in the situation and respond skillfully so equanimity is really powerful in meditation because if you're especially if you're new and you're having a hard time maybe letting your mind focus on an object it's so easy to get frustrated and so easy to think like ah oh, you know meditation is terrible i'm a terrible meditator why am i doing this it's a waste of my time etc so no equanimity just a lot of frustration and it's super easy to get up and walk away but if you're approaching your meditation session with equanimity you know i wonder what's going to happen today I wonder what I'm gonna learn. Maybe my mind's gonna go crazy. Maybe it's gonna be settled. There's no way to know. And if that's your, your state of mind going into a meditation session, it's much easier to stay with it. And honestly, it's much easier to make a practice, like a long-term practice out of that, instead of just you know sitting down and for an hour you have an amazing meditation and the next day you sit down and it takes five minutes and you're done and you don't wanna do it again. You know, it's much better to have that consistency, again, that earth element to your meditation practice. Um, I just want to invite you to drop any questions you might have in chat. Uh, there's one last section of things that I want to talk about. Oh, Dave asks, how to initiate, initialize being equanimous? Well, first of all, there's some great meditations right here on Insight Timer. I don't think I have any, but I've seen lots of meditations by other teachers. Um, you can also read about equanimity. Um, the text that's coming to mind is, it's by, um, I'm gonna put this in the chat too. It's by Longchen Robjom and the text is called, Now That I Come to Die. I'm not super sure why it's called that because I mean, I guess it's like the pith instructions that somebody's passing on. Uh, Longchen Rabjom, who is like a great, great master in the lineage that I practice in, um, he's passing on these like really pith instructions. But there's great, there's great uh, descriptions of the four boundless states there. There's also a book by Tulku Tundup. I forget the name of the book, but it's about the four boundless states. And uh, I think you'll recognize the book if you search his name. And again, uh, when I post this on um, <clears throat> on my podcast or in YouTube, you can find links to these resources in the uh, in the info box. So, Cat Blue Autism Awareness says, "Would you say equanimity comes well from acceptance?" Yeah, I think. Um, I think equanimity is a very specific state of mind. It's like an even engagement. It's actually kind of a technical term in the Buddhist tradition. You know, you're learning to engage evenly with those you love, those you don't really know, those you dislike, and then ultimately all living beings. And I think acceptance, um, depending on which person is using it and what they mean, it can have different meanings. But there is that element of just, of accepting your experience. You know, if you're frustrated, you know that you're frustrated, maybe you don't act on it, but you accept that that's what's happening. Um, 
I live in Quebec, we're in lockdown right now. You know, I think there's a certain temptation to just ignore what's happening. But I think, um, <clears throat> yeah, acceptance of what is, yeah, I feel like that's a really beneficial um, like stance for approaching reality, for just allowing things to be what they are, and then you can work with them instead of just trying to push away what's happening and maybe you just get swept along because because you're not really choosing a response you're just kind of you know in this state of like no 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 ub says radical acceptance yes i think actually tara brock um i'm not sure it's been a while since i read that book so i don't remember if it's like about equanimity specifically but it's a great resource for the kind of mind state that i'm talking about um and Sil says, sometimes I find myself yelling in my mind, Cayete, shut up to my own mind. Uh, I relate to that so much. <laughs> um, and you know, it's natural to get frustrated if you want one thing and another thing is happening, but this, this equanimity, there's like a gentleness to it, you know? You're not just accepting whatever happens and, and not trying to make the world better, not trying to improve whatever you're working on but it's more like you can you can you can interact with kindness with yourself um dave says how do you do it i think i i think i already answered that there's a lot of guided tracks i think that's a great way to start and then you'll find that it's easier to kind of shift into that equanimous mind state in daily life logan says so i'm constantly tired uh due to add to add would that be too much earth and not enough air okay so here's what i want to say about that i don't want to reduce a complicated um like neural variation like add to just the elements like personally i'm highly sensitive it's it's just again like ADD it's like a it's a neurological trait um, and it feels that way to me ADD and, and high sensitivity have a lot of things in common so I'm gonna speak from my own experience um, I recognize it's not the same as the experience of ADD or ADHD but yes to me it's exhausting to be interested in this interested in that constantly trying to have to regulate my attention and I think that's part of the reason that for me, these earth element meditations can really help to balance out that air tendency. What I don't wanna say is, if you have ADD, all you need to do is, is meditate on the earth element and boom, you're gonna have you know, the attention span that you want and all that stuff. Um, but I think it's well worth a try. If you try it and see what happens, um, Logan is, is in this group uh, this circle on um, Insight Timer that I facilitate called Buddhist Wisdom Modern Life. So Logan, please let me know what happens if you do try this. And I wanna say too, that it's harder, I think for those of us whose attention is easily pulled all over the place, it's harder for us to cultivate the earth element. So it's sort of like, you know, if somebody's not good at math, you tell them like, well, the thing you need to do to get better at math is do math. I mean, it's true, but it's also hard. So, um, yeah, so I just want to say that I think sometimes we tend to get reductive, like either reducing mind and all these amazing real things that happen in our minds. Some people want to reduce that just to the body. And I think sometimes it goes the other way. The stuff that 
you know, neurologically and physiologically is going on with us, sometimes people want to reduce it to the mind only. And I think it's, you know, both of those are connected. So that's, that's my um, little aside on using this with, you know, physiological conditions or, you know, neurodiversity. Um, I just, I think it can be great in counteracting the exhausting effect of like having this type of a nervous system in the world. Um, I also don't want to like pathologize ADD or any other type of neurodiversity and say like, you can fix it with XYZ. Okay, I'm getting off my soapbox now. <clears throat> um, Dave says, anything that will reduce reactivity, it harms my relationships, I react to their reaction. Dave says, not a question. I will search and practice the approaches. Thank you. Yeah, I think experiencing it, um, I think I'd be curious to hear, Dave, if you've already practiced equanimity, like if your response is based on what you think equanimity is or what you've actually done. So, you know, equanimity is not just non-reaction. It's a kind of even engagement. So yeah, I think, I think trying it out and seeing what happens is a good plan. UV says, hmm, I'm an overthinker. I am terribly anxious, get panic attacks, and in my life have too much going on. I'm frustrated, there's tempers flying everywhere. I should learn to accept things and learn to let go. Also, I've noticed I get super paranoid with news, COVID around. So I think for me, it helps to take my mind off it. I've stopped reading news since two years now. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I think there's some interesting stuff in what UB is saying. You know, I think there's no other time in human history where we could learn, like, first thing every morning, like, what's going on all around the world. And what tends to get reported is not, like, the best stuff. It's usually the worst stuff. So I think we face unique challenges right now in staying grounded. Um, but that's, again, part of the reason that the Earth element can be so helpful right now. Logan says, yeah, I know it's not a cure, but I'll try it. Yes, it, in my experience, is totally worth trying. Um, yeah, and, and you know, I want to be clear here that what I'm talking about with the earth element and equanimity is not just kind of like stepping back and letting the world go by and not really responding. It's, it's much more of an active engagement with the world in an attitude of kindness, like an attitude of acceptance. Somebody used that term earlier. <clears throat> Dave says, emotional dysregulation. Too often besides, ADHDers have gifts the world needs. Um, I totally agree. I think there's a lot of neurodiversity, probably always has been. Um, and I think the more we can learn from each other's perspectives, like the richer everybody is. So I want to just close this um, session with a few practical tips <laughs> um, for things that, you know, I've personally used to help me work with the earth element and found helpful. So the first one, I mean, it might sound like really simple and kind of dumb, but like honestly being around instances of the earth element. Um, I used to live in Houston which is basically like a coastal plain, totally flat, not a lot of rocks actually, like a lot of, you know, sandy soil and um, 
the earth element is just not Houston's forte. Oh, Mark donated. Thank you so much, Mark. I totally appreciate these donations. And I always forget until the end um, to ask uh, for anyone uh, who is interested to donate. It supports me, it supports Insight Timer, and it is also a traditional Buddhist way of cultivating generosity. So if you feel so inclined or have already donated, huge thank you to you. I now live in Quebec and there's just these big boulders and like rocky hills and stuff and I find it really nice actually to just go for a walk by myself sometimes and to notice these big stones and to actually like pat them you know to like make a physical connection with these rocks and just appreciate the energy of them and even saying it out loud it probably sounds ridiculous yes I am a person who hugs trees um but it's also really powerful just try it if there are no rocks in your area if you live in a place like houston pat a tree a tree is a huge sturdy stable thing um, and it has its own earth energy so make that physical connection another great thing you, oh michael donated thank you so much michael oh, welcome aboard <clears throat> so um Another thing that is really nice to do is to actually just stand on the earth. If you can do it barefooted, that's even better. Um, in the Northern Hemisphere, it's kind of the mental, middle of winter. Like, I, I physically can't go stand on the earth right now. It's all covered with snow. Uh, but this is really nice to practice in the summer, to practice when, you know, the, <laughs> the, the conditions are right for it. But just feeling that connection with the earth is really nice. So all of these external... Um, at the external level, you can find ways to just accept support from the natural world around us. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I've already talked a bit about the other two levels, the level of energy and the level of mind. Um, but I want to just like wrap up with a couple of quick, uh, A couple of quick ideas or, or kind of summaries of what we talked about earlier so you can leave with like some clear actions in mind and I'll, I'll get to the, to the remaining questions after or comments um, after I wrap that up. When it comes to the energy system I've already mentioned some things but I'll just repeat them here. So there's diet. If, you're, if your earth element is kind of deficient, your air is running wild and you're just kind of your energy is just very like agitated, eating heavier foods. I know that's not like a popular thing to say in a time when we're all trying to like, you know, not gain weight, but eating heavier foods can have that kind of stabilizing effect on your energy system. There's also moving around, getting outdoors. Um, <clears throat> if you're feeling too earthy and stable and not wanting to move in your energy system, just moving. Kind of getting over that hump of, of beginning to take some action can be helpful. Um, when it comes to... Oh, the other thing I, I forgot to mention was sleep. So one, one quality of the earth element of having too much of it can be like sluggishness, just wanting to kind of lie around. Um, so if you're finding yourself falling into that, you know, maybe getting to bed earlier and getting up earlier, not hitting snooze a bunch of times as I did this morning, true confession, is helpful. If you find that you're a little too mm, like buzzy and, and 
air elementy trying to rest you know it may be difficult to fall asleep but can you can you spend the time you know in bed resting if possible can you get more sleep um even just you know lying down in the middle of the day can be just a nice way to kind of take a break get yourself grounded um cultivate that earth element oh keith also donated thank you so much i appreciate that <clears throat> um and finally i want to talk about um just the mind so i've mentioned earlier but ways to cultivate the earth element in your mind is to really work on that calm abiding, you know, letting your mind settle into an object and just kind of flow with that object and, and cultivating equanimity. So I find both of those really helpful. Um, and again, for those for whom it's useful, having that sense of dropping down a connection, a plumb line, roots, an anchor, whatever works for you, dropping that down into the earth and just feeling the flow of earth energy come up through your body, through that connecting energetic, you know, element can be really helpful. So I hope that gives you some ideas of what the earth element is, uh, what its benefits are when it's balanced and some ways of noticing when it's unbalanced and then trying to help it balance back out again. So let's get to some questions. Oh, Dave donated. Thank you so much. I appreciate that, Dave. Um, Dave says, I use two alarm clocks, one by the bed, one at the other side of the room. That is a really good idea. Um, I've started using uh, two different alarms also. And on my, on my phone, I have the option of, you know, having like a Google routine for it. So when I turn my phone off, it'll start playing me the weather or, you know, whatever I choose. And uh, it helps to get me out of that state between sleeping and waking, which I like to stay in sometimes. Oh, still donated also. Thank you so much, Sil. I appreciate that. Um, Dave says, wouldn't say that I know when I'm equanimous, meditating for about a year, but from what there is, but from what there's less of. <laughs> Look, Ma, no freak out in heavy traffic. Oh my God, heavy traffic. Yeah, if you can not freak out in heavy traffic, I feel like you're doing pretty well. Um, Cat Blue Autism Awareness says, um, after I find maybe fire, music, rainbows, uh, when I find acceptance in a situation, I have much more clarity to be kind and choose more kindly. Yes, yes, exactly. I think sometimes where people get hung up on the idea of equanimity is they think if I accept something that I'm not going to try and change that situation or I'm just gonna let people treat me however they want, which is totally not what equanimity is saying. It's saying you're, you're starting from like a home base of power and strength rather than reactivity. So I think, you know, what people are sharing in the comments is really um, spot on. <clears throat> Cat Blue Awareness, uh, Autism Awareness says, seemingly I need less sleep with more time and presence. Yeah, I've, I've found personally when I was working on my dissertation and my mind was just like spinning all day long, I needed a lot of sleep. I, I think it's probably partly because my brain was just tired. Um, but yeah, the less, the more we can spend time in equanimity, the less reactive we are and the less we drain our own energy. So I think it's really helpful just as a self-preservation technique to experiment with equanimity and see what happens. Um, 
UB says, I feel tired and not refreshed when I wake up, even after sleeping in early. Do you think this is because of the earth Im element imbalance? Well, the first thing I would say, UB, is um, you might just see if you have any sleep apnea issues. A lot of people have sleep apnea and don't know it and aren't getting refreshing sleep. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot to sleep, so I wouldn't want to comment. I don't think I'm actually like qualified to comment on this. Um, if you feel like, if you feel like you, it's not that you need sleep. You're just kind of lying around in bed because you don't want to move. To me, that sounds like it could be, you know, an excess of earth. Um, yeah, I just, I don't want to, I don't want to comment on things um, that are, I think, best left to experts. And I definitely think sleep is a topic. At least that question is probably best left to experts. Michael says, so do all our actions have a corresponding energy as well as our thoughts? Okay. Okay, this is a really interesting and good question. Oh, Logan donated. Thank you so much. So my, okay. I just, I feel like, Michael, we could do like a whole other session on um, the question of actions having corresponding energies. Basically, in a Tibetan perspective, and honestly, like from most traditional perspectives, I'm more familiar with Asian traditional perspectives. So like pretty much all of them would say, um, this is probably true of like Europeans as well. I just don't know those traditions. They're, the, the elements are connected with, so any action that you do, it's ultimately coming from your mind but it's being expressed through your energy system and your body. So absolutely, every action that you do is an expression of what's happening at deeper layers of your being. So if you find yourself, I don't know, having, having a lot of anger, um, like expressing that, saying angry things, I mean, hopefully that's not the case for you. It's just like an easy um, example. But if you find that happening a lot, there's got to be anger in your mind. Um, and there's got to be something under that anger, you know, a sense of like a self that's threatened or the, a self that's been disrespected or something like that. So when we start working with elements in the mind, that's where you can really transform your life because it's those elements just expressing themselves in every action that you do. And when you put out, you know, that hot fire energy of anger, it sparks something in someone else often and, and anger comes back to you and it just keeps the whole thing going. So that's part of the reason that it's so important and so helpful to notice what's going on and to be intentional about what you feed, you know, trying to balance out these energies versus just, it feels good to us in some way to like, do that thing we always do to say the mean thing or to write the mean comment online um, and it it just feeds that tendency and really all of Buddhist meditation is about noticing what you're doing and giving yourself the opportunity to do something intentional rather than something that's just a knee-jerk reaction that was a long answer but it's a really interesting question um cat blue autism awareness says e equals mc squared exactly exactly there's no real separation in tibetan buddhism either between you know matter and energy 
And I just want to say, I've been talking about Tibetan Buddhism. Um, Tenzin Wangyal Rinpoche, the author of Healing with Form, Energy, and Light, is actually from the Bun tradition, which is an older pre-Buddhist wisdom tradition of Tibet. Uh, and so, yeah, the book is really cool. You should definitely check it out if you're interested. Um, Dave says, neurotransmitters recharge with sufficient sleep. Again, my opinion learned elsewhere. Yes, definitely. So there's, there's a lot of um, physiological stuff that goes with sleep you know, inflammation markers, and there's just a lot of stuff. Um, so, you know, there can be a lot of things that if they get out of whack, they could be making it hard to get enough sleep. And then if you're not getting enough sleep, then it's harder to have a balanced earth energy. So it might not be that the earth energy might not be the cause. It might be more the, the symptom of, of something else going on. But again, I'm not qualified. I'm not that type of doctor, so I won't comment on it. Um, I just want to thank you all so much for for tuning in. Uh, I really hope that this has been helpful and you have some ideas that you can experiment with over the next week. And I am planning to offer a whole series of these teachings on the different um, elements in Tibetan wisdom traditions. So next week is going to be water. Um, if you're not following me on Insight Timer, feel free to follow. Uh, that way you'll get notified when I schedule these talks. Um, you're most welcome, Keith. Thank you for tuning in. And if you want to um, continue the conversation or, you know, request future teachings or just meet a lot of cool people like Keith and Syl and folks who haven't commented, Ursula also, um, feel free to join that group. It's called Buddhist Wisdom Modern Life. That is also the name of my podcast. I will be um, just lightly editing this talk and then posting it to that podcast, hopefully later today, it might be tomorrow, so you can listen again. Um, Mar Michael, thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in. Mark, thank you. Ursula, thank you. Syl, thank you. Thanks to everybody for <laughs> spending some precious time here like this. And thank you also to everybody who donated. Um, <laughs> Dave is feeling equanimous. Yes, at least copacetic. That's excellent. Um, thank you, Cat Blue Autism Awareness. Nice to make contact. Woohoo! Logan has ordered the book. That's awesome. It's really good. Um, I'll be, you know, referring to it again over these next few teachings. So thank you so much. Um, I hope you're able to notice the earth element, connect with the earth element. And I'm looking forward to hearing next week how your experiments with the earth element and equanimity go. All right, goodbye for now, friends. Thanks for listening to this teaching on the elements. Please take a moment to sign up for the free email course to get the teachings from this series, invitations to live events, and more.